A disabled Minnesota Army combat veteran fighting a new battle he never signed up for after he says the COVID vaccine destroyed the life he once knew. Next. Drew is my guest. You prefer not to use your last name. You're known as Drew Outstanding on X, where you are actively getting your, your story out there. Thank you very much, uh, sir, for your service, and thank you for joining me. Thank you, support, and for having me. Absolutely. I want to start with some of that service before we get into just how much your life has changed uh, the, the last few years after this mandate on, on military members. You joined the Army right after high school. Talk about that, why that was important for you to do. Sure. It was a few years after 9-11. 9-11 happened when I was in high school, and I just figured there had to be something I could do. Just a kid from Midwest, 120 pounds, soaking wet, figured I could get some skills and um, contribute in some kind of way. You were deployed in Operation Iraqi Freedom. You then enrolled in the Minnesota National Guard. Uh, talk more about, about that service and your deployments. Yep. As soon as I got in, I went to basic training at Fort Benning and then advanced individual training in Alabama, Fort Rucker for Blackhawk um, operations and type things. And as soon as I got to my unit, the first thing I got, the commander said was, all right, we're uh, reassigned to a new unit and they're deploying to Iraq. So we're going to join them. So go, uh, go get on the range. So it was a uh, constant training for about six months. And then I found myself in in Iraq as a 20-year-old, you know, just uh, ready to go. But I had some pretty good leadership and spent four years active duty, uh, got out, went back to Minnesota, got my degree at Minnesota State, and decided I still wanted to serve. So I joined the Minnesota Guard and was able to stay around home and, and still wear the uniform. Now, you were deployed in 2018 also to Kuwait. You served uh, during the riots in, in Minneapolis as well. And then and then just fast forwarding a bit, it's the spring of 2021. You're 36 at the time, healthy. Uh, and there this, there's this mandate that, that comes down to, to go ahead and, and get the shots. Being in the National Guard, you get two doses of the Pfizer jab. Talk about what happens after. Yep. I, I get it from the, from the VA as well. And I go in and it it didn't feel uh, too very hospital-like. It, it was done in the atrium, this uh, kind of second floor, wide open area. They had some cubicles and um, I, I just went in, sat down and, and got it. There wasn't a lot of information. Um, they weren't really telling me anything. It was just, it was kind of like the basic training assembly line for, for vaccines or on deployment. And it was just that normal type of thing. And they said, here you go. Wait 15 minutes. If something's wrong, let us know. Otherwise, uh, take care. And then they said, well, one thing they said, you, you might get flu-like symptoms uh, right away. And I did get that. It, it lasted for a couple days. And then after that, it turned into numbness, tingling my hands, my feet, my toes. And then I thought, you know, I didn't think too much of it. Uh, I was, like I said, I was in grad school at the time. I was working as a sale in a sales role. Um, this is during the, the pandemic, so a lot of stress going on, and I had a newborn son as well. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of chalked this up to just uh, stress, and then uh, started to get weakness in my arms and legs. And then a couple of days go by, and I wake up, and I can't move anything. I can barely move my hands and my feet, and I knew something was absolutely wrong. I never felt like that before, and I said, I got to get to the hospital right away. And what did they tell you at, at the hospital? You are 
quickly kind of given a, a diagnosis and, and how early on do you connect this? Uh, are you suspecting that the jab is, is responsible? Uh, the hospital went through all kinds of things, MRI, CAT scan, blood work, all that came back negative for, uh, well, my, my initial thought was I have COVID. Um, it was being, you know, plaster all over the, the media, all the numbers, all these extreme cases. So I just kind of be like, okay, I got, I got the COVID that was really crazy at the time or what we thought was crazy at the time. And so we're just trying to figure it out. But they didn't say that, and I got tested so many times while I was there. But they they told me they have you you have Guillain Barre syndrome, and I've never heard of that. It didn't make any sense. But they said, "I'm like, where's the proof? We're, we're, how do you know this?" And they're like, "We don't know. We need to do a spinal tap, a, a lumbar puncture, in order to to have the evidence." So they did that, um, got their proof. They it was exactly what they thought it was. And they rushed me immediately to the neurological ICU, the NICU in Minneapolis. And just kind of that's when everything went to town. It was uh, they, they couldn't do anything at the moment. It was spreading basically Guillain-Barre syndrome. It, it tricks your immune system to think your body's the enemy and then start shredding nerves. And that's what causes a paralysis, uh, paralysis. I still have it in my face, as you can tell. If you've seen pictures, video of me before, I was running Spartan races and leading missions and speaking to two-star generals, you know, on a weekly basis. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it's a completely different life, but yeah, I got sent into the, into a coma and lasted for about a week and they're able to stop it from going to my heart, lungs, brain, but like a tornado or a hurricane, it went through and just left a, a mess. So spent six months in the VA, uh, completely paralyzed. Unbelievable. And and you're forced then to medically retire. It's been three years, or it will be three years, I should say, in April since your shots. You still have effects. Give us a glimpse into to what your life is is like now, Drew. It's a mess. It's uh it's completely changed. I feel like I'm in uh somebody else's body now uh that I can't even control. I'm in constant pain, uh, nerve pain, neuropathy. Uh I'm, I'm immobile. Uh unless I have assisted devices, I have these ankle Ford orthotics that wrap around my legs and go underneath my, my, the sole of my foot and the shoe in order to stand upright and hobble around and to get any, anywhere farther, I need a, uh, either a walker cane or a wheelchair if it's, uh, if it's really bad. So completely different. Uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, they told me mo there's something vague, like most people, fully recover within 12 months, but it hasn't been like that. It's been, but I, I don't think they're evaluating the effects of a vaccine, um, uh, in those kind of estimates. So I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's tough. Most of my day is recovery medical appointments. I just went through a full day of, of treatment, uh, yesterday. That was very helpful. It's just taken almost three years to get again. They, they administered this IVIG, it's a, a plasma type thing, basically. Uh, I don't know the whole detail, but it, it kind of helps with the, in different ways, but it takes a long time. I'm going to go back tomorrow to the VA to get another another treatment of it. And then two weeks later, I'll get another one. Two weeks later, I'll get another and kind of evaluate. But they've been throwing a lot of medication at me and it, that just causes long-term effects. And even more so changes me into somebody that's not myself. 
And it sounds like you're met with so many roadblocks along the way, Drew. Doctors never reporting this to, to VAERS. They aren't willing to have conversations uh, that this is even related uh, to the Pfizer vaccine. Yep. I laid in the hospital bed for months waiting for answers since it wasn't COVID because they, they tested me constantly. It wasn't COVID that was doing this. And I had gotten the vaccine previously from the VA because from the Minneapolis hospital, they ran out of things to to take care of me, I guess. So they're either going to send me home where that wouldn't work very well or or send me to this long-term care unit. And they said I wasn't ready for that either. So I was able to go to the, the Minneapolis VA and uh, get treated there for uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, all these things. It felt like high school, just going from class to class for, for six months and just in all this pain. But it was, um, it, yeah, it was rough. I was waiting for somebody to come in and really give me honest answers about getting the vaccine and then have this happening. But nobody was connecting the dots. They're, they're either just couldn't talk about it. This is just my guess. Um, but they either couldn't talk about it or the the ones that they're just fully bought into everything's fine and um, this is just a normal thing, but it wasn't very normal at all uh, to me. And uh, and once I looked at my records, it was saying that this was caught. Somebody put that it was caused by the flu and I had not had the flu around that time or anything like that. And I asked them to change that to say it was from the vaccine and eventually it was changed or or some it's different details in there but yeah it's it's connected and nobody can say otherwise in all more than 8000 us service members were discharged from the military for refusing the vaccine and then it's the first time the us military reverses uh, a vaccine requirement just a few dozen service members who were discharged have have since rejoined of course we know military recruiting way down you're still uh fighting hard uh, and would like some some changes at Talk about that in your efforts now, what you would like to see happen now, Drew. Yeah, uh, for months I, I spent on the couch in the bed just in pain and not able to do much, but I, I was doing so much before and it, it, it just feels like not enough people are standing up to this, whether it be the the, the mainstream media or the people that are pushing this, uh, the doctors, trust the experts, uh, all the lies that, all the things that were said before that aren't really true nowadays. and nothing's really getting reversed or as, at least not as fast. So I figure if there's something I can do that help, I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help other people. I've heard on, on Twitter, on X of others that are, are suffering um, just as much or more than me or parents that have lost children. So I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to speak up, go to um, conferences, speak online and do interviews in order to to do a couple of things. I don't know what exactly is going to come from it, but if uh, if we can get this to reverse the uh, the legal immunities that these pharmaceutical companies have under the emergency use authorization, that I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Are we still in a pandemic? If not, do we need this emergency? And what will it take to? I know there there's a different news cycle, you know, every 24 hours less nowadays, but this is still an important thing that's affecting um, military service members, veterans. So uh, between that and just uh, the, oh, the the veterans that refused to get it got kicked out and given a less than honorable discharge. I think that's completely disrespectful on on so many levels. So both of these categories should be should be taken care of in some kind of way. So I'll I'll, I'll talk to politicians, media, 
anybody and share my story. And you're right, you have the government still pushing the, these vaccines, uh, not only on adults, but but our children as well. And I, I'm curious, I wanted your um, opinion um, on this story that Alpha News uh, broke obtaining a, a video where Minnesota's health commissioner, that was uh, Jan Malcolm, admitting uh, just recently, just months ago, that in 2021, while she was still serving in that position, she suffered a blood clot. Every case is is looked at and followed up. It's supposed to be. Uh, sometimes it takes a long time. I, I personally had a, you know, um, my doc reported a, I had a blood clot. Uh, didn't not saying it was the vaccine, but it it fit the criteria for uh, what should be reported. My doc reported it. All the while, uh, she's pushing this vaccine on Minnesotans and and their kids. What was it like uh, for someone like you, you know, to to see that news and that story? As it seems almost as if people people like you have no voice uh, in this state. Yeah, I heard about that story too. It, it's been tough. Minnesota's different than other states when it comes to uh, the COVID response and adverse reactions and just the way things are reported. So it's it's been tough to hear these kind of stories, but it seems everyone kind of has their own motivations and agenda and, and things on the line. Uh, I had to, some people tell me like, oh, why didn't you say no? And I, I was mandated to do it by on three different levels, the military, uh, my school, uh, the Minnesota State I was going to. They said I was going to get expelled. And um, I found out my my work uh, was a federal contractor under that under that other mandate as well. And so I would have lost everything. And it shouldn't the stuff shouldn't be mandated. I understand having individual choice when it comes to these kind of things. But uh, yeah, it these stories need to get out more of these like this that expose the hypocrisy. I know your medical bills have been mounting. I'm sure it's probably something you're not too too comfortable talking about. Your wife, though, is is forced to to work longer hours. You have a son, as you've mentioned, uh, but you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in medical bills, Drew. Uh, that's after in insurance. I know people will will hear this story and and want to help point them uh, in some way that you know we can help someone like you. Yeah, it, it was tough. I tried to keep this um, limited early on and not tell even friends and family, but it kept going longer and longer and I opened up the, and was able to be more vulnerable. And then it got too overwhelming where I couldn't even take care of my, my, my family, myself and my family. And that was extremely difficult. So I was encouraged to open a, a gift send go or somebody opened it for me. And, um, I got that on there. And if anybody wants to share or a prayer or donate if, if possible, it's, it's greatly appreciated. We'll definitely go ahead and put that in the in the story and, and link to this podcast. Thank you again, though, Drew, for your service and for speaking out. We certainly wish you the very best uh, in your recovery. Thank you so much for having me. And again, you can follow Drew on Drew Outstanding on X. That'll do it for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We'll see you next time.